Hey, how you doing? It's Rick Sincere, MTMV Sports. I'm thankful that you listen to this podcast. I truly appreciate it. I want to caution you, the next episode that you're about to hear is not going to be the most pristine or have the greatest sound quality. What happened is we tried our best to give you the best sound quality, but it was such breaking news I had to get it as fast as possible. What was going on is that there's some big deal happening in the WWE, and I wanted to bring on a guest to talk to us about why the whole entire WWE universe is in an uproar about what happened last night. So, hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. Please forgive this time. In the future, we promise to bring you great quality from MTNV Sports. We love you. We thank you again, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. Hey, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports. So geek to be joined today by my boy Highlight Real. How you doing, brother? I'm chilling, bro. Yo, man, I had to hit you up real quick because there's something that's going on in the WWE that's apparently sending the world into some type of frenzy. They <laughs> Goldberg is now the champion. He's the easy um, WWE champion, and people are upset about that because he beat the Fiend, who people really love. Bro, what's going on? Like, why? Why are so many WWE fans in a in a rage today? Okay, um, man, that's a great question, and I'm so glad you uh, asked, my friend. So, basically, what's going on is, for one, the factor of last night was very much a shock and set the waves that it said because for for years now, WWE has had this thing. Uh, more specifically, some would also say it's Vince McMahon, but a lot a lot can really say it's the writer, it's the creative, but. Given the mainstream success of WWE and how they've been at the level that they are because of certain names that built the pillar of what WWE is today, they feel like a lot of today's current stars, albeit they are current and they're popular and they're known, they're known to a hardcore fan base. So to a fan base outside of, you know, mainstream, so like a, a casual viewer, they may not know who a, say, fiend Bray Wyatt is, but they know, oh, Goldberg, yeah, I remember that guy. He was he was tearing up the George Dome with Hulk Hogan back in 97. You know, this guy was, was doing major things. Yeah, he's super intense. He's one of my favorites. And so right now we have a constant battle between the hardcore wrestling fan who wants to see the rising stars get their shot. They want to see them you know, succeed and become a quote-unquote mainstream-type level talent, but they can't do that when you take older acts who are past their primes to come back into the spotlight and be champion once again. Uh, It's kind of just a never-ending cycle of just, here we go again, and and then it's really the shock value as well because uh, even myself yesterday, upon seeing it, uh, it was a bit of disbelief because you had a feeling that someone of Goldberg's stature could maybe defeat the Fiend, but in the fashion that it happened, kind of seemed just way too surreal. It was it was quite a short match, which Goldberg has never really been known for lengthy matches anyway. But it was also just 
the scene has been built and how he's been booked from his start to this point, why would suddenly have him lose in a fashion like how he lost yesterday? Why aren't people um, just kind of, you know, taking it for what it is? Like, maybe it's... Maybe it's a part of his overall storyline. Like, you know, maybe he gets his title back at some point. Um, they've kind of, it's more doom and gloom than anything right now. Why aren't people, you know, why aren't people just kind of like, oh, this will be a great rivalry? You know, and, and that's a good question, um, a good perspective to look at it from. For, again, going back to the wrestling, the hardcore wrestling fan, uh, when you look at someone like Goldberg, who's 53 years old, you look at if you know if if you say you're a casual fan watching, you're looking at Goldberg and you see his physique, you see and you say, wow, you know he looks good for him to be 53 right now, you know, and it's good to see that he still got a little something. But see, wrestling fans, the hardcore wrestling fans usually can look and tell that someone like Goldberg hasn't been around. He's what you would call a part-time talent in today's day and age. Legends like Goldberg, Kevin Nash, uh, Brock Lesnar, who uh, lately he's been more active than he was at first, but even with him, he's not really wrestling uh, on a full-time basis. Uh, the Undertaker, you know, there's so many different, uh, even to some degree, The Rock, uh, when he was kind of having that stink back in 2011 where he kind of came back and wrestled on like a part-time basis. You had a lot of these, mainstream talents, you know, the pillars, the OGs, you have them come back and they wrestle maybe only for the big paycheck type of matches. And basically, a lot of people are in such an uproar because they look at The Fiend and they look at how, you know, his previous rivalries were when he went against Seth Rollins, when he went against Daniel Bryan, and the way he was putting over a lot of the legends like Kurt Angle and Big Foley you know, he was his his star was rising very, very, very quickly. Bray Wyatt has always been a genius type of character who knows how to reinvent himself. And this reincarnation of the Fiend persona has really had fans in such an uproar because Bray Wyatt fans have always felt like he hasn't really gotten his just due. Uh, even years ago when he went against The Undertaker, a lot of fans always felt like with his last persona as like a cult leader, they felt like he should have been the guy to defeat The Undertaker instead of, like, Brock Lesnar. And when Brock Lesnar did it, it added shock value. And But it was kind of like, well, Brock Lesnar is a part-timer, too, so why wouldn't you give that to a younger star? And in the wrestling business, especially with WWE, it's all about building and putting over. Uh, you want to put over young talent because to a casual viewer who sees someone like Finn Balor or Kofi Kingston or somebody that they may not really know, you know, when they go over a legend, somebody they do know, then you say, oh, he's passing the torch. He must be a big deal if he just beat Goldberg or if he just beat The Undertaker. Uh, so that's kind of what causes fans to be in the uproar that they're in, you know. Uh, but I agree that it, it could have been a rivalry if it wasn't for the fact that a lot of fans know Goldberg is not really a full-time wrestler. He's kind of more so just a wrestler that WWE is using in what we would call a transitional role. Uh, we know he's not going to be champion for a long, extended period of time. Uh, it's WrestleMania season, so we know that 
Goldberg is basically being utilized to just be a star attraction name for WrestleMania, where they rely on a lot of bigger mainstream names to draw more viewers to come watch WrestleMania because that is the WWE's version of the Super Bowl. So with Goldberg as champion, you're going to go into that pay-per-view saying, okay, well, we know who Goldberg is, and the rumor is saying that Roman Reigns is going to be his opponent. So he's also somewhat on a mainstream level to a certain degree. He's got his background with Georgia Tech. So it's kind of one of those things WWE is looking at as appealing to the mainstream eye. So people are, are are tripping like this is it for for <laughs> for Bray Wyatt and this is it for the Fiend. So they must be thinking, and if Goldberg, like you said, is being used as a transitional piece, then they must be thinking that the Fiend's time as being the man is done. If that's the case, then who's next? Well, you know, honestly, I wouldn't say personally from looking at it. I really wouldn't say that the Fiend's persona character is done because to be completely honest, the Fiend really didn't need the WWE Championship. A lot of times the WWE Championship and really any championship in WWE is used to help build a character. Like some some superstars have a presence about them to where they're larger than life where they don't need a championship to shine. Uh, so, like, for example, Braun Strowman is a good example of that. He's a, a very large individual who is a country strong man who you see him and you see him walking in a bar, you're not going to want to mess with this guy. And he has a lot of charisma about him, and he, he's one of those type of guys. I mean, he just won his first singles title, and he's been in WWE for at least about five, six years now. And he just won his first singles title, but even with that, he really didn't. So with The Fiend's persona, it's just like when you think about The Undertaker. The Undertaker's won championships, but when you think of The Undertaker, you don't really think of him with the championship. You think of the persona, the character of who The Undertaker is. You you know that when you hear that bell, when you hear that gong, and you see that smoke and lightning, you know that it's about to go down. So he's about to come out and wreck all havoc on whoever's in that ring. So the theme represents that in a modern sense of today. And so to the hardcore wrestling fans, I say they're kind of just in their feelings because they feel like, you know, he should still get some shine, but they, you know, I feel like they're not logically thinking hard enough for the fact that he really didn't need that title to sign. And just because he lost does not mean he still can't sign. Now, where I do see the uproar coming from is the fact that the fact that Goldberg, of all people, so we've seen The Fiend in a strap match, we've seen him in a cage match, and he's been beaten down with sledgehammers and steel chairs and tables and all kind of things, and he's kicked out of superstar finishing maneuvers for like, who would do it on him like three or four times straight, and he kicks out at a one count. So when you look at how strong he's been booked, it was one of those things where it was like, when you put the title on him, how were you going to beat him? Because if you had superstars doing their finishing maneuver multiple times and he's kicking out, then what are you supposed to do to beat him? Ronda Rousey kind of had the same effect when she had her year run because once she got the championship for the women, she was already booked very strongly getting that championship shot. 
And once she won it, it was like, well, okay, how do you beat her now? And WWE is always trying to figure that out. They kind of put themselves in a hole where they have the right idea, and then when they do it, they mess up. They don't. They then they got to figure out, okay, well, how do we get this strap off of this individual now? And so to answer your second part of that question, with who would be next? Um, unfortunately, from the looks and the ways of where they're going, it looks to be Roman Reigns because he is <laughs> WWE's modern day John Cena right now, and he's the guy that when all else fails, they they go to Roman Reigns, and that's the part that some fans. Uh, especially on the hardcore sense, those fans are kind of like, you know, they just got to starting to like Roman because ever since the cancer situation, when he's come back, he's naturally, organically become the baby face they've always wanted him to be. But now WWE's back in their same old tricks and they're like, hey, remember this Roman guy? We're going to put him back in the main event. We've kept him out the spotlight long enough. And so... It's not like now we got to put him back in the title picture and it's just going to cause fans to go, ugh, and want to boot him again. So, you know, but there are so many names. There, We just saw people like Ricochet go against Brock Lesnar the other night and he got dismantled by Brock. And realistically speaking, when you look at the size, you look at the stature, it, it makes sense that Brock Lesnar would dismantle him in three minutes. But... We've seen Brock have competitive matches with guys ricochet size, like Daniel Bryan and so many others, Seth Rollins, guys who aren't built like Brock, but they have put on a, a believable competitive match with him. So when you look at Ricochet, you look at the fact that he has potential to be a main event guy, and you see him get squashed, then that causes hardcore wrestling fans to just be like, see, this is why I'm upset. <laughs> So that's my question, bro. You remember when WWE came out and they had Stephanie in the ring and um and the Triple H in the ring and I guess um, Vince was in the ring as well and they're like, hey, we want to listen to you now. We want to, um, you know, we're going to, you know, listen to you from now on. I We've been hearing you. We know and we're going to give you what you want. Do you think they honored that pledge to give fans what they want? Or do you think this is a direct <laughs> slap in the face to all those fans who believe that they were going to get what they want from the WWE. Man, that is, that, to be completely honest with you, Rick, I'm going to be honest and say that was a big fat troll by the McMahon family. And I'll tell you why. Because over the years, we've seen and heard the McMahon's a lot of times in this internet era, I mean, a lot of people talk about the Attitude Era and how that was one of the greatest eras of the WWE and slash WWF. And yes, it was. That era and even the Ruthless Aggression Era where we saw the rise of John Cena, Eddie Guerrero, and so many more. Those eras were great, but they were great because at that time, the internet wasn't at the level of what it's at right now. And if you can take this current era and take it back to the Attitude Era, it would shine just as much as if not maybe more because of how today's caliber athletes are. But see, because of the, the internet era that we're in and how it continually grows, the reason why the McMahons are known for trolling like that is because I've seen a lot of these fans, you know, mention Vince McMahon or mention Stephanie or mention Triple H and say, hey guys, 
you know, what happens? Look, he does his own book right. And, and what they do is, now, what I love about Triple H is the genius of him is because he was a wrestler once upon a time in the business, he's able to flip that and use that in a promo form. But the McMahon's like to take that and just kind of throw it back in your face. You know, they like to be like, oh, don't worry, we're going to listen to you. We promise, we're listening. But at the end of the day, when people talk about why things haven't changed, it all comes down to Vince McMahon. Because no matter who you put in office, no matter who you have in the creative team, the production teams, at the end of the day, all things still point back to Vince McMahon's final approval. And should Vince McMahon say, I don't like this, and he rips it up and rewrites the script the way he wants it, that's just going to have, that's how the business is going to continue to run until, dare I say, Vince McMahon is no longer able to do what he does. And the other sad part about that is the fact that with Vince McMahon, it's like, Fans are right when they say he's out of touch, uh, but he's out of touch when it comes to storylines, when it comes to, you know, humor, when it comes to, like, you know, he's still kind of stuck in his attitude there days. Like things that were funny to us in the 90s, the 80s, they're not funny in 2020. However, the man is still a genius when it comes to conducting business. So... It's, it's kind of a 50-50 deal. It's like you can't knock him for the business side, but you can knock him for the fact that he is out of touch as far as what is relevant to current culture. Yo, so my last thing. Was CM Punk right when he basically said that, hey, this even when, and you mentioned it, right? Even when, like, you know, if... You know, unfortunately, even even when something happens to Vince or if Vince is no longer able to do something, right, then from that point on, it's going to be run by his dumb son-in-law and his dumb... You're, you remember when he had that? <laughs> I do, yeah. One of the most iconic... That was one of the most iconic pipe bomb promos ever. And uh, to be honest now, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give Triple H his props because I'm, I'm not going to lie. To be completely honest with everyone... Triple H is actually best for the business right now. If you want to see two different versions of the show, there are a lot of fans who don't watch NXT, but I recommend now, especially since they're live on the USA Network every Wednesday night at about 8 o'clock. Ironically, the same time as AEW, but they're live every single Wednesday. Watch an NXT show, and you will see how different it looks and it feels compared to a main roster WWE show like Raw and SmackDown. Now, of course, NXT is at Full Sail University, so you don't have an arena full of thousands of people like you do in a SmackDown or a Raw show. But when you look at the quality, when you look at the production, when you look at the superstars like a Velveteen Dream, uh, you know, who's a, a shining star and NXT, and really WWE, period, because he represents the rarity, much like how we talk about The Fiend. Velveteen Dream is literally the one guy who can match the persona of what The Fiend is, if not even eclipse it, because he is a true character. And, and what most people really loved about WWE, especially in the Attitude Era days, there were a lot of characters. There were personas. When we think about The Rock, we 
think about the electricity and the fact that he was always able to cut such a promo off the top, like, and make you just feel embarrassed. You know, and we, and we think about Stone Cold Steve Austin and how this man would not only do what he wants to do, but he would say what he was going to do and he would do it and literally just rebel against the authority and rebel against, you know, and it just and it makes you relatable because we're like, that's how I want to do to my boss at work, you know, and, and to see somebody actually doing it, that's what's up. You know, and even with DX, just how rebellious they could be and just knowing, you know, hey, I'm going to live life like this and I don't care. And, you know, I've got two words for you on that. So it's, it's, it's NXT, Triple H does a great job with that. And I feel, honestly, if he had full control over WWE, I feel like he would totally run it from a wrestling standpoint. But, again, with Vince, where he is still so helpful is the fact that this man can conduct business. Uh, to those who have heard the reports about ESPN Plus and WWE working out deals, those are the type of things, those type of little moves like that is something Vince McMahon is conducting. I mean, from just getting MTV involved and, and, and how WWE took off on a, on a mainstream level thanks to Cindy Lauper and Hulk Hogan and so many people back in the 80s, those were all moves that happened once Vince McMahon Jr. took off and took over WWE at the time. So it's 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 one of those things, He's right, you know, but he's also kind of wrong because, again, with both those two personas, I just feel like if there was a way that Triple H could take over the main roster from a wrestling creative standpoint and then let Vince just oversee the business side of things, WWE would be all right. But currently, it's just going to be a never-ending cycle where, I, I mean, even last night I've seen all the social like yourself, Rick, I've seen friends and family already saying, I'm canceling my network, I'm done with WWE, I'm no longer watching, I'm switching to AEW, or I'm just done with wrestling in general. And uh, hardcore fans, man, some of them, they complain, but then they turn around and they watch it anyway. So it's, it's, it's definitely a, it's a loving thing with uh, life of a wrestling fan, especially in today's time. Man, thank you so much for joining us, bro. You are a beast, man. I thank you so much for hopping on. Um, if you don't know, you're listening to the highlight of Life of the Botch podcast, man. He is a phenomenal podcaster, but also a great, great rapper. He's a phenomenal performer as well, and he's somebody who you should get to know. Go ahead and follow him on Twitter. I'm going to let him go ahead and tell you um, where you can find him, where you can find his stuff, and where you can find his podcast. He is a guy you need to know. He's on the uprise. He is, I mean, rapping, he's killing it. Um, podcasting, he's killing it. He's a type of guy you need to know. So, hey, highlight. Tell us where we can find your podcast. Tell us where we can follow you on Twitter and Instagram. Oh yes, yes. Thank you so much, Rick. You, I appreciate those compliments, my friend. But uh, <laughs> absolutely, guys. Listen, you can follow me um, at Highlight Life H I L I T E Life. And uh, as far as Life's a Box podcast, you can follow us at. Life a Botch Podcast. All together, no spaces, no hyphens, just Life a Botch Podcast. And uh, yeah, man, looking forward to uh, connecting with you. we got some new episodes coming, and we got some new music on the way. So uh, yeah, 
All right, awesome. Hey, if you're listening out there, this is MTMV Sports. We love you. God bless. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. 